You're listening to a sermon from Redemption Church, Calgary North. We exist to see lost people saved, saved people matured, and mature people multiplied, all to the glory of God. For more information, visit redemptioncalgarynorth.com. Well, on this uh, morning, when we think about genuine community, um, uh, we thought we'd give you a little extra time, apparently, uh, to chat. So that's good. Um, well, it is uh, it's good to gather together. Again, just a special welcome for those who might be joining us on, online for one reason or another um, uh, this, this morning. And uh, if, uh, if you're... Um, Looking for a church home, we'd love to, to meet you and have you come with us, be here with us. And, and uh, that's kind of some of the things that people do nowadays. So there's a lot of people like, yeah, we, we watch several sermons before we come. It's like the testing, this is the new testing ground, right? Before you had to just kind of show up and see what happened. But uh, now, now you, people do that. So if you're joining us online, welcome. Romans 16 is where we find ourselves today. And... Uh, Man, I tell you, it is um, uh, almost two years since we started Romans, and it has just been such a joy going through verse by verse through this book, and uh, we've learned so much. We've been challenged so much. I, I, it's been amazing to, to watch uh, as your pastor to see as the Word of God goes forth, seeing how it's changing your hearts, changing your lives as you apply His Word to your life, and uh, it's, just a, it's just a joy to study God's word together. Uh, Romans 16, if you're a topical preacher, is likely a text you will not preach. Um, as you look at it today, we're going to see it is, uh, it's a greeting, right? 26 different names are used uh, in this greeting. It, you're, you're in, on first look, you're kind of like, okay, uh, everybody's saying hey to 26 people. Uh, what are we supposed to do with this? And so a lot of preachers sometimes will be just like, okay, uh, well, we, we did the first 15, let's move on. Uh, we'll go to another book. Ironically, this text has also become a new text in the last, I don't know, few decades anyways, to become a proof text to say, see, my theology, my thinking is right. See how they greet one another? It's, um, you know, I know there's this clear teaching over here in the Bible, but based on my jumps of conclusions here, I'm going to set up a new theology. And so there's, this text has been used that way. And, and I know um, even this last week, I know uh, I heard of a story uh, recently in our, one of our communities where somebody got up and preached and said, listen, if, you're, if, you're, if you don't believe this, um, that, um, and I'll just say what it was, women can be preachers, um, you're not reading the Bible. It says right here in Romans 16. It does not say that in Romans 16. So we're going to look at that a little bit. That's not the point, though, of the text, by the way. The point of the text is, is that he's just giving us insight into their everyday living in the church. After all these do's and don'ts that they had in the text, there, there, there is like this what did life look like in the church at that time? It's just really beautiful. And so we're going to get a little bit of insight into this as we look at, at Paul talking with, the, with giving these greetings. The, the, I want you to note the diversity of the greetings, who he's greeting, the things that he says. 
just these words of encouragement, um, the unity that they enjoy. And I, and I want you to, before we get into the text this morning, I want you to stop and think, like, what, what, what about my relationships in the church? What does that look like? Am I someone who is all in with the church? You know, where, where I'm like, I genuinely care about each person who sits in these seats from week to week. I, I'm, this is my, if this is my home, then this is, this, this is my family. And, 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 I'm, and I'm leaning in. I, I, I'm, I'm getting to know new people all the time. I'm, I'm growing deeper in my relationships with those that I sit with each week. These, these things should be said of us, and these are the things that we see as we just observe, kind of have a front row seat into the life of the church in those early decades. So I want you to just be thinking about this. And, and, and as, we, as we study this morning, I want you to be thinking, how can I grow in my relationships for the glory of God? All right, so let's pray, and then we're going to get into it. God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you uh, for this time to gather this morning. God, you are so good. Lord, you knew what should be included in your word and what should not be. And God, we recognize that it was your goodwill to give us this list, to, to give us this end of a letter of greetings. And Lord, there is much that we can learn, Lord, as we look at these things this morning, as we observe these things. God, we, we pray that you would help our church to grow, to grow in our love for one another, to grow in our concern for one another. Lord, that we might bring you glory and honor as we gather from week to week. God, we're so thankful for the body of Christ. It is such a gift. Lord, even as I think back on this past week, just the interactions I've had with your people and just the blessing that it is to be a part of the people of God. God, we pray that we would have a high view of your church that we would have um, a high view such that we are intentional to be gathering together. Lord, that we might encourage one another, that we might spur one another on, that, Lord, we might be witnesses to a lost and dying world. And so, God, we pray that you would lead this preacher, help us to see the things that you would want us to see for your glory and for your honor, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you don't have a Bible, just go ahead and slip up your hand this morning. Uh, we want to be able to look down at the scriptures together this morning. So if you, for, for some reason, forgot your Bible or you don't have one, uh, just put up your hand and the ushers will be happy to get you a copy of God's Word. But let's turn together to Romans chapter 16. And um, if you want to know how to say the names uh, in this letter, uh, don't listen to me, Okay. I'm going to do the best I can, but I'm sure there is far more eloquent speakers that uh, do much better with the English language than me. I think I just did a problem right there, right? Much better. I don't even think that is English, right? So there you go. So let's look together. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Centuria, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you, for she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Greet 
Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved Eponidas, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andricus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Greet Ampelatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved statues. Greet Apollaeus, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristopolis. Greet my kinsman Herodian. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcius. Greet those workers in the Lord, Tryphena and Tryphosa. Greet the beloved, beloved Persis, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. Greet Asyncretitis, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, and the brothers who are with them. Greet Philogus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympias, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. And so as you can see, as you would read this text at the beginning of the week, you'd say, okay. That's nice. He's saying hi to everybody as he closes the letter. But I think as I prayed, these things are there for a purpose. They're there to teach us as we observe their example. And so three characteristics I think we see here of a genuine community. Three characteristics of a genuine community. First, we see diversity in the body. Uh, we, as we look through this list of names, we see that this is not a one-size-fits-all kind of group. There, there's, there's, there's all kinds of different people involved in this church. As we think about it, there are, there are nine or ten women. You're like, well, nine or ten, can't you just count? But there is, there's one that we're not sure, is that a woman's name, is it not? But as we go through it, there's Phoebe. There is Priscilla, there's Mary, there's Tryphena and Tryphosa, there's Persis, there's Rufus's mother, Julia, and Nereus's sister. And then the person that we're not sure is, was that a, a woman or a man? It was the person Junia in verse 7. Most go with it being a woman. So out of the 26 names here, 10 are women. Women have an important role in the church. This is not um, a 21st century concept, I want us to note. This was a first century concept that, that men and women have important roles in the church. There is one role, that of being an elder, that 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1 says should be reserved for a man, but all else, men and women, serve. And we can see they have some really important roles uh, as we look at the text this morning. And so each carry great responsibility, both men and women. As we continue on, we see that there are both Jews and Gentiles. That's been highlighted for the entire uh, book of Romans as he's talking about the problems that the Jews faced, the Gentiles faced, and how they needed to work things out together. As we think about the, 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 where they were from, there's 
Phoebe, she's from Centuria, which is just down from Corinth. Now, I was trying, I didn't have a chance to go back. I, I, I may have said last week that this letter was written from Ephesus. That would be incorrect. So I was just trying to think, did I say that? Or did I just say they, they caught the elders on the way through Ephesus, which they did? But anyways, it was written in Corinth, okay? Just in case you're like ready to hang me up and, you know, at the stake and call me a heretic, okay? So it was written in Corinth. And this, this town, Centuria, is just down from there. It's a, it was a coastal town. Uh, Epineus, he's the first convert to Christ in Asia, not the Asia that you and I would think about today, but it was a province in Rome, and it was in modern-day Turkey. That would be about the location there. And then Rufus, who was thought to be the son of Simon of Cyrene. Simon of Cyrene, the, the one who carried Jesus' cross when he could no longer carry it. They just put, picked him out of the audience and said, hey, you carry it. And he was uh, from Libya, modern-day Libya, right? So, so, so really, we just see they're from all kinds of different places. And so even in the first century, there's a lot of movement around. These guys, you know, some people are like, well, could this letter even, like, is these greetings even supposed to be to Rome? Because Paul hasn't been there yet, and yet there's like 26 people he's talking about here. Well, there's a lot of movement in the Christian world at this time. Uh, some because you just chose, but then there's a whole lot of like, uh, we got to leave, they're going to burn our houses down. You know, like that kind of stuff was going on as well. So, so there's a lot of movement going on. And, and so you see this people from every tribe, nation thing going on, even in the first century. And then there's great diversity in their wealth and status. It's believed that uh, Ampelidius... Urbanus, these guys were slaves. Uh, those who were of Aristopolis, interesting here, they, they, they don't think that Aristopolis actually was a believer. He was, uh, I'm just going to read this from uh, Mu. Uh, those who are of Aristopolis are probably members, especially slaves, of the household of a man named Aristopolis. By not greeting him directly, Paul implies that he was not a believer. Indeed, he may be dead, since there is some reason to identify this Aristopolis with the brother of King Herod Agrippa I, and this Aristopolis died in 48 or 49 AD. And so the household. He, he, this guy's dead now, but, but their, their family still owns these slaves. And so he's saying, hey, send greetings to those guys who are there. Interesting that you're seeing, as Paul will say in another letter, that, that the gospel is getting penetrating every area of the world, right? even into the co high courts, a place like Herod's court that, 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 in home, that the, the gospel is penetrating these places. And then we had people that, or sorry, then uh, also Tryphena and Tryphosa, they think that they're probably slaves as well. Per Persis, probably a slave as well. And then on the other hand, you have Phoebe, you have a Priscilla and Aquila that seemed like they had some means. They had some wealth. And so economically, you, know, you see this great diversity there as well. And then there's a little bit of, uh, what does kinsman mean? There's a little bit of debate as to whether or not when Paul says kinsman, he's just talking about his fellow Jews or what he was actually talking about family members. I prefer to think of it as actually uh, family members, but 
Adronicus, uh, MacArthur says this, Adronicus and Junius had a special and perhaps unique relationship to Paul. Because Junius may be a woman's name, these two might have been husband and wife. And because many of the individuals mentioned in this passage were Jews, kinsmen indicates not only that they were fellow Jews, but probably means that they also, along with Herodian, were Paul's relatives. And if that is true, Paul must have felt a special warmth in seeing his kinsmen in the flesh become his kinsmen in spirit. We all know how special it is um, to have family members come to Christ, especially if it's been a while, right? And you've another, another Christmas, another Easter, another Thanksgiving together, and, and still they're not saved, and then to be able to gather and say, now they're in Christ, and, and it's a whole different conversation. And so as Paul writes, he's, he's recognizing that there's family members, and then there are some that, for you and I, we don't even really know who these guys are. Um, Statius, Apollaeus, who are these guys? They're just in here. We don't know. Uh, then, then, then like verses 14 and 15, same thing. They were special to Paul though, right? And, and, and we think about this even in the church today. I was thinking about, so Grace Community Church, most people would know John MacArthur is the pastor. And I was thinking, if I, if I was in Paul's position and I'm writing to the church there, I, you know, I'd say, greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, greet Dr. MacArthur, who is faithful in his preaching of the word. And then I would say, and greet the Wilson family, who, have, who are beloved, who have been such an encouragement to us. And you guys would read that letter like, well, I know who John MacArthur is. Who's this Wilson family? I've never heard of them, right? Well, they were just a special family to us when we, were in, we went to church there as I was going to seminary. And I think that's what's going on here. We, we don't, the rest of us don't know who they are, but, but Paul knows who they are. And what, what does that remind us? That there are no unimportant people in the church. Everyone is important. Everybody has a role to play. And this is what we see in this diversity. They're, they're, they're all working together. It's a beautiful picture here. 26 different people who are identified here. Three to five home churches. Why home churches? Because that's where they met. They didn't have buildings like this to meet in. That, that's just how it worked. And, but they're getting together. It reminds me of the text that, uh, of Galatians 3. 27 and 28. Galatians 3, 27 and 28. Paul says this, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Does that mean that people stop being males and stop being females, stop being, they didn't stop being those things, they were continuing to be those things, but when it came to their gathering in the church, they were one in spirit. There was no division. And this is the, as we read the greetings here, this is what we're seeing. They're just in it together. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. It doesn't matter if you're new in Christ or old in Christ. They're all in it together. And it's such a beautiful picture. And I, as I think about our church, that would be my heart's desire, is that you would see that there are no unimportant people in this congregation. 
Everybody is super important. Everyone has a role to play in the body of Christ. And if you're thinking, I'm kind of quirky, praise God. God wants to use your quirkiness. He has knit you together for that purpose, for a reason. We were at Gabriella's grad yesterday. So that's the last one. I only had two, now both graduated. Probably shouldn't have brought this up. It's going to get a little emotional maybe. Okay, get through it. But as I watch, you know, as you think about all those kids, there's like 53 grads or something, and you just kind of like look at them and you think, well, what's their future? They're all very different. And teens are not great at hiding their differences. You know, like they're just, you know, they're just all kind of quirky. It's just teens, right? And, 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 and you just think, man, God made them all very, very special. He has, he's made them certain ones so that they just have an engineer mind, you know? It's some that they're just really artistic and, 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 and they're just, how God does it, it just should really just blow us away. When we think about Christ building his church and how he's like, I want you to be in this church for this season for a particular purpose. Today we're going to have redemption welcome. My prayer every time we have a redemption welcome is, God, would you show them if this is to be their church family? If it's not, God, would you show them where they should be? Because I believe that God places us in particular congregations. Because why? Because he wants to use your gifts and abilities, your diversity, to strengthen that body. We do small groups not based by everybody who's 25 years old and who likes the Oilers is in this group and everybody who's, you know, like we don't do it that way. We try to make it as diverse as possible because our diversity makes us stronger. It makes us better. It's God's plan for us. And so I want to just encourage you as the body of Christ here to, to, to embrace our differences and rejoice in what God wants to do in and through us. And so we see this just in this letter. It's all kinds of different people. Genuine community, secondly, has, uh, we see that they're diligent in the mission. They're diligent in the mission. Everyone's united in the same pursuit. This is where a mission statement is really important for a church. Uh, what's ours? Anyone remember? Lost people, saved Save people, matured, mature people, multiplied, all to the glory of God. You know it. You know, it's like one of those things, if you, like you see it every Sunday, but you're like, I don't know, do I know it? Yes, you know it, right? It's right there. And, and why do we put it like that? Because we think it's a simplistic way to say, let's fulfill the great commission together in the spirit of the great commandment for the glory of God. That's what we're, we're striving for together. And, and, and so as we think about what are we doing here, what, what's our goal, what's our mission, it is the Great Commission that we gather for. And so we, we see this in the letter, how, how, how focused these guys are on the mission. He starts by talking about Phoebe. She's described as being a sister in Christ. She's also introduced as a servant of the church at Centuria. Now this word for servant is um, uh, diakonos. 
the Greek word diakonos, which is where we get the word deacon or deaconess. So it also means servant, as you see here translated. So it could be she's a servant of that church there, or it could mean that she is a diakonos, she is a, she is a deaconess at that church. We don't know for sure. It's not the point of the letter, right? Oh, well, by the way, this was her, you know, she had this office. No, it's just like, this is who she is. She's serving there, either in an office or, or uh, in the role of, uh, sorry, in the office of a deaconess, or just she's a great servant. If she was a deaconess, she would, she would likely have done things like um, caring for finances and, and caring for the poor and those kinds of things. That, 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 that would be something that she would have done at the time. But she starts, Paul starts the letter with her because she is the one who is delivering the letter. And, um, and Paul wants to say, hey, Phoebe is with me. And she delivers the letter. We, we were joking yesterday at our leadership thing that, you know, Paul was a wise man. He, he sent the letter with a woman, not a man. Right? How many, of, how many, how many men are like, I just put it here yesterday. It's got to be right here. Like, where is it? You know, so didn't have to worry about that. Was sending it with a woman. She was like, I know exactly where the letter is. And um, so, so, but, but I don't think she had a clue of how significant her role was of taking this letter to him, to the church in Rome. She's, she's chosen because it looks like she's on her way to do business there. And she's faithful. She's shown herself faithful over and over again. But, but she's chosen, and because she's faithful in the mission, we get to read this letter even today. And then it says this in verse 2 about her, that she is a patron of many. A patron was someone who contributed to the fulfillment of a need or furtherance of a purpose, especially with financial resources. So Phoebe seems like she was somebody who had some cash, Right? She was somebody who had some means, and she was very um, God-honoring in her finances in that she was continually helping not just Paul, but anyone who had need. And so he said, you know, this, this woman, she's been, she's been so, uh, such a blessing to me, and, and I know she'll be a blessing to you. Phoebe is a great example of being faithful in her church at home, and then when she's on the road, she's faithful. Uh, this, this is what all of us should be uh, focused on when it comes to the mission. Wherever we are, God, help us to stay on mission. Then we see, it uh, says here, greet Prisca and Aquila. If you have read the book of Acts, you would know uh, Prisca as Priscilla, right? Uh, Priscilla. And uh, he calls them fellow workers in Christ Jesus. These guys... Um, we find out that they met Paul in Corinth on his second missionary journey. They had to leave Rome, uh, we find out in Acts 18.2, because of an issue by Claudius. So they're, they're living in Rome, and Claudius is like, all the Jews need to get out of here. And so they went uh, to Corinth, and, and that's where they met Paul. Again, you just see how God just kind of moves the chess pieces around, right? So they, he go, they, goes to, they go to Corinth. Paul's a tent maker. Guess what they do? They're tent makers. 
right? So they have this, this bond. They're, they're Jews. They're tent makers. They love Jesus. And it says that um, after, as we read the book of Acts, after ministering with Paul in, in Corinth for a while, Paul dropped them off at Ephesus. We see that in Acts 18, 18. And then they are instrumental in, in helping Apollos have a better understanding of who Christ is. And then they later joined Paul, uh, sorry, Paul later joined them in Ephesus for a lengthy ministry. We find that in 1 Corinthians 16, 19. But we, at some point, they returned home, right? That's what we're seeing here. They're now back in Rome after the political climate has changed. Now they're back in Rome and, and uh, Paul calls them fellow workers, fellow workers. They, they were called to labor in the cause of the gospel along with Paul. And then we read this about them, which nobody really knows when this happened. This is in verse 4, who risked their necks for my life. I, it wasn't a great way of putting it, risked their necks for my life. In other words, they were willing to die. They were willing to die for Paul. What kind of friends are those, right? We, we, we all need friends like that. And, and, and Paul, Paul is so thankful for them. It could have been, some, some speculate, there were some riots in Ephesus. It could have been then that they were willing to step in. They, they, they were like, they had such a great love for Paul. They said, you know, they were like, take our lives, not, your, not Paul's. They had such a concern for the mission to continue to go forward. They, Whatever it takes, Lord, we'll lay down our lives even. What a great couple, what a, what a great example for us of, of what it means to love one another, to be committed to the mission going forward. And then Paul says, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. You know, it could be that, that, that what Paul is saying here, well, of course he's thankful, right? They were willing to lay down their lives. But these Gentile churches, why are they thankful? Well, it could be because Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles, so because they were willing to lay down their life for him and, and he was, his life was spared, those churches got to hear the gospel, or it could be that, that these guys also had ministered in some of their churches. But the point is that they're all giving thanks. As we continue on in the list, we see Urbanus and Tryphena and Trophosa, they're, they're, they're fellow workers in Christ. Again, just see the unity here. See, they're all going for the same goal. Tryphena and Tryphosa. Anybody? Those are great names, right? I, I didn't know a Tryphena one time. But, but their names mean dainty. Isn't that great? Okay. And it may, is there a little tongue-in-cheek? You know, these gals who are dainty, they're rolling up their sleeves to work hard for Christ. Okay. Again, it doesn't matter who you are. We're all in this together. For the mission, greet Mary, not that Mary, okay, different Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet the beloved Persis, who also has worked hard in the Lord, diligent in the mission. This is what we're seeing as he's writing to these people. That the thing that he keeps highlighting over and over: they're they're on mission, they're working hard for Christ. Greet Apollos, who is approved in Christ. And Moose says this, by this Paul might mean that he had proved himself in a difficult test of faith or simply that he was a respected believer. Together they're working hard for the cause of Christ and the mission that is given to every one of them. You don't get the feeling that anyone thought it was their job to just come and be served. Right? 
I mean, how sad is it that, 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 that a lot of people this morning, they feel like they've done the whole world a favor by waking up and going and sitting in a church for an hour to an hour and a half and then leaving. That's not what it means to be a part of the church. To be a part of the church is like, uh, where, where do I fit? How do I serve? Uh, Lord, Lord, use me. As I'm going to church, I'm going so that we together might lift the name of God together in worship. We're coming because we want to gather with our brothers and sisters so that we might speak a word of encouragement, that we ourselves might find encouragement, that we might spur one another on. This is why we gather. This spectator kind of church is not the church. It's never been that way. And I don't know how we got that way in North America, but Praise God, I'm thankful that you guys largely are not like that. You really aren't. Like, wait, like I, I forget the number of people that volunteer in our church, but it's like, we're doing good, okay? We're doing good, and I just want to commend you guys in that. But I would also say, if this church is going to be your church, then say, hey, how do I get involved? How can I serve? Where are the needs? I could just give you a quick advertisement. Children's ministry, always a need. This summer, okay, we're going to go to one service. So that means no kiddos in here for the entire service. As you can see, we won't fit otherwise, okay? So kiddos won't be in here, but we think we, just for the sake of our volunteers to give them rest, we want to try to do one service for this summer. And so we're going to need somebody to look after those kiddos because we know that it will probably rain every Sunday throughout the summer, right? And so they're going to need people who are going to help, help teach, help serve. So that would be a great way. And then set up, tear down, they always need help. But, but just be thinking, God, how have you designed me and how can I serve the body of Christ? This is what we do together. And it is such a sweet thing when you say, God, here am I. Use me. I want to see your kingdom come. I want to see your will be done. It's not about me. It's about you. So God, use us. Last thing that we see here is we think about the three characteristics of genuine community. We see that they have devotion in their relationships. Devotion in their relationships. Look at the loving way that Paul speaks about each one. Go back to verse 1. I commend to you our sister Phoebe. Sister. It's like this term of affection. We're family here. And, and, and so as you think about, we call, often call ourselves sisters, brothers. That, that's, that's a good thing. We, 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 we should genuine love and care for one another. And, and then he says, as we continue into verse 2, he says, I commend her to you that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you. Isn't that great? Hey, hey, Phoebe's coming. She's with me. Would you, would you greet her? Like, look at this great phrase. Welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints. What do you think? Is the bar down here? Like, maybe toss her a cracker and a glass of water and see if you had a spot on the floor you could give her, like, to sleep at night. Is that what that would look like? I don't think anybody here thinks that's what that would look like, right? It's like... Let's, let's get the best. 
Let's do the best for, for Phoebe as she comes. Let's really care for her. She, she's, done a, she's done such a, a great service to us by bringing this, this letter, this word of encouragement. Again, think about the travel back then. It was ridiculous. It was so hard. And so this woman had, had come, and she's bringing this letter. And so you love on her. You love on her well. You, you give her the best. You, and then whatever need she has, take care of it. I don't know what the, you know, it's like maybe she needs directions because she's not from there. Maybe, maybe she needs a place to sleep. Maybe she needs food. Like whatever her needs are, you help her. You guys ever receive that kind of care from strangers who are in the body of Christ? I, I've had that. And as I've got to travel around the world, I, I've, I've shared this before, but man, I tell you, it's it just been so blessed by the hospitality and oftentimes shamed, as I think about our country, um, as I go to other places around the world, and just how they care for you. And you come and you visit, and you're coming, why? Because you want to love on them and encourage them. Like, that's why you're there. And instead, you leave with your socks blessed off, you know? They're like, you have to stay for dinner. No, 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 like, that's fine. I, I, I don't want to, like, there's like one chicken running around the yard, and that's all they got, and they're going to go kill the chicken for supper. And it's like, no, 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 like, it's, but they do it. And it's like, no choice. Like, they just make you do it. And, 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 and then, you know, I was just thinking about the loving things that I've experienced as I've, as, as I've been overseas. Like, bringing water to you, because there is no water, there's no tap. Bringing water to you, and then holding the bowl so that you could wash your hands before dinner. Just such a beautiful, intimate thing. And, and then, and then, Places like Nepal where like, they wouldn't let me carry my bags. It was so embarrassing. Right? Like, just, no, 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 pastor, 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 please let me carry. And, and, you're, and they're just, you're like, okay. Like, but that's how they do it. They, they, they just love on you and they care for you. And that, doesn't that fit what you see here? That they, you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints? Above and beyond. Sacrificial love for one another. This ought to be what characterizes us in the body of Christ. Like, I get it. Life is super busy. And it can be really hard to be intentional about gathering together and getting together and, and, and making a meal or, or doing something for someone else. But, but again, I want to just commend you. I see you doing it over and over again. And it's having a real impact not just on those who you are loving on, not just on those who you are caring for, but by the people looking in on what you're doing. I've heard this over and over again this last month. As you guys have poured out your love on, on those who are hurting in our church family, there's so many people like, what's the deal with that church? Like, they don't, you, people don't even really know you. Like, you've only, you've only been there a short time. How, why are they loving on you like that? Can you, can you see how it becomes a witness to the world? And we know it's not about us, right? We, we know that we love not because we're great people. We love because we have been first loved. And, and our love is, is the, the overflow of Christ's love for us. Christ loved us while we were still sinners. Christ loved us while we were still shaking our fist at him. Christ loved us when we did not deserve it. And yet he, he loved us. And, and he sent his son to die for us. 
And Christ gave his life for us. You want to talk about sacrificial love. And so we can be reconciled to God through Christ. And as his followers, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be the greatest testimony to the world that they would know that we are Christians? Why? By our love. That we are his servants by our love. Again, I want to just encourage you guys. I, I, I'm so thankful that I'm, I'm not, as I'm preaching this message, like, okay, you guys, you really got to get start doing this stuff. You know, like, says the right, you know, like, I don't, it's like, you guys are just doing this. I want to just spur you on. I want to just blow on that fire and just keep it going. Like, just keep doing what you're doing. He's having such an impact. Priscilla and Quilla, they laid down their lives were willing to lay down their lives for, for Paul, but they did even something harder. They, they, they allowed people to meet at their home every week for church, right? We see that in verse five. Greet also the church in their house. That was Priscilla and Aquila. When they got back to Rome, they're like, hey, you, we, can use your spa- we can use our space for church. And, and we know we see some other people doing the same thing here. Why did they do that? Like, why, why, did, they, why did they keep sacrificing so that people could gather because that's what we do in the body of Christ. We, we, we gather together even when it's really extremely difficult, even when it's hard because we need this. I, I tell you, the last two years and, and the, the wrestling and the struggle and tr- we got to get together. We have to meet. How are we going to do this? And, and hearing some of the stories, I just heard this another story on Friday of, I mean, this church was like meeting in fields and then they were meeting, you know, they found some shed and then they found, you know, and like in Kelowna, they're like got a semi-trailer, they're meeting outside and they got it opened up and they got the worship team leading from there and like just, why would you do that? Because that's what saints do. They find a way to gather over and over and over again. And it doesn't matter what governments might say. China, do you think the people, the Christians in China are like, well, the government says we're not supposed to meet, so... Guess we don't do it. Think they're doing that? They're not doing that. They're meeting in secret everywhere they can. And, and we see this guy, these guys here, they were opening their homes because they love to come together to worship the Lord. Then he says, greet my beloved Epineus, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. And Paul just loves this guy. We, we don't know if like, he was the first convert when he got there. Like it was Paul's convert, and he's like, there's always a special place in your heart for that person that the Lord allow you to, to lead to the Lord the first time. Like, like, like there's something special about that. Maybe that's what's going on here. And, and then uh, we see in verse 8, Apollatus, and then his statues in verse 9, they're also referred to as beloved in the Lord. There's certain people in the church you just have a special place in your heart for, right? Isn't that, isn't that the case? We maybe don't use the word beloved Maybe we should, like, start it up again. But, but, but we understand what he's saying. Like, they're just special to me. I, I love them. I just love them. When he thinks of their names, they're just, that's the first thing he thinks of. They're beloved. Then Andrew, uh, Andrew, <laughs> I'm getting more and more tired. Andrew Canias, <laughs> you know, see verse 7, okay? He, Junia's husband. Um, kinsmen and Prisoners. These guys spent time in jail together. Paul and these guys, we, we don't know when. 
exactly. We don't know if it was like on the same occasion they got arrested and were in jail together. We don't know if like this guy got arrested on a Friday and then these guys on a Saturday. Like we don't know. But they wound up being in prison together, right? They're in prison together. And, and it says here that they're well known to the apostles and, and that, the, that they had come to Christ before Paul. So these guys had been in the faith for a while. Maybe, maybe they were the early converts in Jerusalem. Nobody knows for sure. But they preceded Paul in the faith and, and they suffered together in prison. And there's something about suffering in the body of Christ that this unites us, right? None of us are signing up for it, but when it happens, and it does happen to us all, those who are there to walk with us through it become so close to us. There's a depth there in our relationship that wouldn't be there if it was just all happy, happy, joy, joy all the time. And so we see this with this couple And then he says this at the end, greet one another with a holy kiss. I don't know that we're about to really sign up for that here, but but it was just their culture. There's still some cultures in our our, uh, world today that this is what they do. They just, when they see each other, it's their handshake. A kiss on one cheek, a kiss on both cheeks. But it's just a, it's a a motion of affection. Maybe it's a hug. But but he's saying like, have you ever said that? You know, when you wrote a letter or an email, hey, would you just give them a hug for me? Would you give them a kiss for me? Would you, like, it's, it's just this, this is what's going on here. And this is what should be happening in the church, this kind of love when, you know, it's, it's genuine care for one another. And then he says, all the churches of Christ greet you. Just such a reminder, like we're, we're all in this together. That's the, you know, so whether the church is here or whether, you know, it's our brothers and sisters in Moldova or in Uganda, you know, some of the places that we, we, we help support. I mean, like wherever the places might be, we are one in him. And, and so it's a beautiful thing. We ought to rejoice in it. And, and even when you would go and maybe on vacation, you're like, okay, we're in Kelowna because that's where everybody goes. And, and like, okay, well, let's find a church to go meet in. And then you go and you be a blessing and love on them and say, hey, these are brothers and sisters in Christ, right? And so we do this together. As we think about, again, this devotion to one another, I want you to think about that for your own life. How devoted are you to one another? How do you demonstrate your love for one another? Is your love above and beyond in your love and care for one another? What words of affection do you use for one another? Do you use words of encouragement? Are you intentional? Are you specific in regards to just recognizing the good things that God is doing in each other's lives? Do you take time to say, hey, I just want to encourage you. I really see the Lord doing this in your life. Thank you, thank you for, for being an example of self-control. When I look at you, I, I, I'm like, Lord, help me to be more like this person. Do we, do we take time to say these kinds of things to one another? Well, I want to just encourage you guys. Let's be intentional. So as we conclude this morning, I want you to think that through. How, how am I going to do that? Sunday mornings. You got your name tags on today? Name tag Sunday, usually the first day of the month. It's going to be for the month of June. 
all right? Because we want, we, like, there's just, God's just been bringing a lot of different new people, and so we just want you to be able to, like, not have that embarrassment, like, I talked to them last week, I don't remember their names. And so now, you know, you could just be like, take that quick glance and then walk up like you know their name, right? And shake their hand again and welcome them and say, hey, how did that thing go last week? And like be intentional as, as you come on a Sunday morning. Come with a heart to minister. Come with a heart to meet new people. Come with a heart, heart to, 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 to help those who are hurting. Come with the expectation that God wants to work in you and through you. Jason mentioned some of the events coming up. Meet and eat, all right? If you're like, hey, we love to host, you know, we'll throw on a slab of meat or whatever, um, and we'll just see who God brings to us. I mean, it is kind of fun. It's kind of <laughs> nerve-wracking too, but it's kind of fun uh, to just have people show up at your house and you don't know who's coming. And, uh, and so that's something you could take advantage of this year. We're going we're gonna to also reboot Party with the Pastors in July uh, which is for new people. And if you're new people, uh, new people, <laughs> you can see how English is not my first language, apparently. Um, but, but like, if you're newer here, we're gonna, we're, you're going to hear more about that next month. We're going to have that event, and we'll just, you're going to come and get to know other people and have some fun together. And, uh, and then I just want to encourage you to think through your own personal initiatives. God, how can we be more intentional? to build relationships, to grow deeper, to grow in our breadth of relationship, to grow in our effectiveness for your glory so that we might stay on mission together so that as the watching world looks in, they might see Christ in us. Amen? All right, let me pray. God, we thank you so much for this time together this morning. God, we do pray Lord, that you would use this church. God, help us to be devoted to one another. Help us to, to, to care for one another in a way that you would be honored and glorified. God, I thank you so much for the way that this church has been caring for one another. And I pray that you just do that even more. Help us to grow. Help us to, to, to see the needs around us so that there be no person who would not feel loved here. Lord, we... Thank you for the privilege it is to be a part of the body of Christ. God, for those who may be here this morning who, who may not know you, God, I pray that they would know that you first loved them and laid down your life for them that they might be saved. God, we want you to be honored. We want you to glorify. We thank you for this letter that you've given us, Lord, that we might be challenged. God, use us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Redemption Church, Calgary North. For more information about our church, visit redemptioncalgarynorth.com.